Hey everybody, Nate Clark here. I'm the pastor of Oasis Church here in Richmond, Virginia. We pray that this podcast is helpful and encouraging to you in your life. Here's today's message. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you're enjoying the beautiful weekend so far. I think it's important that we take time to acknowledge what this weekend is about remembering. We're grateful for all those who have served our nation, who are currently serving our nation. Um, the things we get to do and experience didn't come without a cost. The, the freedoms we have aren't free. Come on, somebody, anybody with me, grateful for. And so, so today we're grateful for those who have served in our military. We're grateful for those that are currently serving. And um, if that's you, God bless you. We're grateful for you. If that's in your immediate family, in your household, bless you as well. We're grateful to God for you and for your service to us and to our nation. And today we're, again, I said at the beginning, but this is, this is a new concept for us. We've never like done tables in here on a Sunday. And so I uh, hope you're enjoying the refreshments. Those are for you to eat anytime, by the way. So you can stuff your face during the word and it's all good. I ain't going to judge you. You can go ahead and do that. Uh, if you come back next week, it won't look like this. Uh, but uh, for the holiday weekend, we figured we would center our service, our worship time together around communion. We thought what better way to center it around communion than to get around tables and to sing songs about the gospel, to take communion together, to read scripture about it. And so, so that's really our time together today is, is really focused on uh, the idea of communion. And so today I want to do a quick teaching on communion, and then we're going to take together as a church family today. And so I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23. The Apostle Paul says this, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance. Somebody say, Remember. Remembrance of me, verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray this prayer with me today? Would you say this? Dear God, today, do what no man can do. Open my eyes. Open my heart that I may receive your word. Believe your word and obey your word. Amen. You know, there's, there's times in our life, and they could be dates on the calendar. They could be physical things we look at and remember. But there's things in our life that cause us to take the present and look back on the past to recall it. And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Even this weekend, that's what we're doing. We're thanking and we're recalling those who have made sacrifices for our freedoms. Uh, I think about the new year. This is what everyone's doing at the new year, right? They're looking back on the previous year. They're saying, here's the things that were awesome. Here's the things that were good. Here's the things I need to keep going. In the next year, here's the things where I dropped the ball. This is where they weren't so good. I need to change it and adjust it. Uh, it's, it's a time of looking back and reflecting and remembering. Uh, how many know Facebook has made this easy for us now? Facebook memories, you know, pop up, and uh, some of y'all love those, some of y'all hate them. You're like, Facebook, I did not want to see what I was posting about 13 years ago. I don't want to see that. And so it's a bad reminder, but right, you can look back and see, hey, this is where I was a few years ago. This is what I was doing. This is what I was thinking. This is where I was. I think about birthdays and all those kinds of things. They're, they're markers 
where you kind of pause for a moment, you reflect and you look back on what has been experienced. And this idea is even seen throughout the biblical narrative. God establishes within his people in the Old Testament an idea and a pattern and a concept of pausing to reflect and remember. And there's so many examples of this I could give, but there's just one I'll share real quick this morning. When God's people were crossing over the Jordan River, they crossed on dry ground. It was a miracle. God provided a way for them to cross on dry ground to get into the promised land. But he didn't just tell them to cross. He told them, when you're crossing, pick up stones from the dry ground where the water normally goes and set up a memorial when you're across so that for years to come and generations to come, your kids will just look at these piles of stones that you have and your kids will say, mom, mom and dad, what are these rocks about? What are these stones about? And, and he instructed his people that these are to be a sign where you're to see them and remember God brought us out. God, God provided a way for us to get across the river. We didn't set ourselves free. God set us free. We, we didn't get out on our own. God got us out. We didn't cross the river on our own strength. God provided a way. And so God was establishing systems and rhythms and patterns for his people to pause, to remember his goodness and his provision and his grace and his hand in their lives. And in the New Testament, there's many of these as well, but communion is something that God has established for his people to consistently do until he returns that keeps us grounded in remembering what he did for us on the cross. How many know if we're left to our own, we're prone to wander off? We're prone to forget major things and obsess on minor things. <laughs> we're prone to move past some things that we just chalk up as elementary and basic. And, and there's some things that God says, no, 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 I never want you to move on from this. I never want you to stray from this. I never want you to forget this. I never want you to move past this. And we've talked about this in the last few weeks as we've studied through 2 Timothy that none of us graduate from the gospel. None of us move past the shed blood of Jesus, that he came and he died and he rose again for us. And so God has established for his people communion as a way for us to pause, to remember his body that was broken for us, his blood that was shed for us, that gives us life, that is our salvation, that is our hope, past, present, and future. And so here's, here's three quick things on communion today that I want to give you, things that we remember. The first one is this. We remember that because Christ died for our sins, we also have died to sin. So today, in just a moment, when we take communion together, here's what you get to remember. That because Christ died for our sins, I've also died to sin. Paul says this in the book of Romans, chapter number six. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Look, I, I want to encourage you with the good news of the gospel today. If you are in Christ, if you have believed in Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin. Now, before Christ, you were a slave to sin. Sin was your master. Sin was your leader. Sin ruled your life. 
You were, you were ruled and driven by your sinful nature, by your flesh, by your selfish ambition. But because of what Christ did on the cross, the scriptures declare sin is no longer your Lord. Sin's no longer your master. So, so you may struggle with it, but you're not snuggling with it anymore. Come on. Before Christ, you're snuggling with sin. But because of what Christ did, we enter into a struggle. Now, because of Christ, you can wage war on your sin. Now, because of Christ, you have another option. You can live righteously. You don't have to give in to your sinful nature. Now, because of Christ, you have died to your sin. I just want to speak over you, especially today, if you're in the room and you don't feel that to be true of you, you still feel like, man, sin is my Lord, and I love God, and I believe the gospel, but sin still rules my life. I just want to speak in faith the word of God to you today. You have, you have died to sin. You've died to sin. Sin is no longer the leader of your life. The spirit of God and the word of God and the work of God in your heart is now the leader of your life. Because Jesus died for our sins, we no longer have to live in our sins. So when we take communion today, we get to remember and reflect, sin no longer rules my life. I now have another option. I can live righteously. The spirit of God can enable me to do so. Is that good news for anybody today? Number two is this, we recall and remember that we have been made alive in Christ. As we take communion, we're remembering Christ died and he rose again, and we're also reminded that I am made alive in Christ. Because Christ is alive, my soul is alive. Because Christ is alive, I've got new life. Paul says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives in God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He says this in Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Come on, somebody, Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I can have a different life now because my spirit is alive. I can have a different life now because my heart has been made new. I can have a different life now because my mind has been renewed by the message of the gospel. So Christ doesn't just change what I do. He changes what I want to do. So I'm, I'm recalling that I've got a new life. I've got new desires. I've got new purpose. I've got a, a new track my life is on because my spirit is now made alive in Christ. So now I'm living for just more than myself. Now I'm living for Christ. Now I'm living more than just right here, right now, but I'm living for eternity. Christ is not just changing what I'm doing. He's changing who I am. He's not just changing my actions. He's changing my heart. He's not just changing my words. He's changing my mind. You're made alive in Christ. When we take together today, we can remember, I've got a new life. The life I now live, I live by faith in God, Paul says, Galatians chapter 2. Anybody grateful for that today? The third thing is this. We remember what happened then impacts everything now. All right, this is really important. We remember that what happened then, the historical real event of a man named Jesus who was God in the flesh that came and died and rose again. That was, that was a real event in real time and real place and real history, but that was not just an event that happened there and ended there. That was an event that now impacts now. So there's certain things in your life, they happen and they just happen. 
Right? Like if you go to the gas station today, <laughs> Lord be your provider <laughs> in Jesus' name. If you go to the gas station today, that's an event that just happens. And the results of that will only impact your life maybe for the week, right? The gas you got, the impact of that event has a wake that will last about a week in your life and then it's over. That event is just done, it's over, right? But then there's events that happen and the wake of that event continues to make impact from every day forward from here on out. And when the scripture speaks of the message of Jesus and speaks of the gospel, in the Greek language, there are multiple verb tenses. I gotta stand up because I'm too excited about this. There are, there are multiple verb tenses in the Greek and we can't see this in our language because it's different, but there are verbs in the Greek that describe an event as just an event. Boom, it happened. I went to the gas station. And then there's a verb tense in the Greek that describes an event as something that happened but then continues to happen and continues to make wake from every moment after it happened. So it's, a, it's an event that didn't just start and end, it's an event that happened and influences everything because of it. And every time the scripture, this is in 1 Peter, this is in Titus, every time the scripture refers to the gospel in the Greek, it uses that tense. It, it's saying, hey, that, that happened there, but it changes everything now. That happened there, but it's transforming lives now. That happened then, but it's changed me now. That happened there, but it's changing you now. We, we remember today as we take communion that it didn't just happen a few thousand years ago. But can I get anybody to testify today? It's happened in my heart. It's happened in my life. It's happened in the people's lives around me that God has been good to me and he has saved me and he has made me new and he's saving me day by day and week by week and his mercies are new this morning and it happened then but it impacts right now in Jesus' name. One last scripture I'll share with you on this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24 says this. He himself bore our sins. This is Peter talking about the past tense thing that is still happening his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. If this gospel message is true, it changes everything. We remember today, as we're gonna take, we remember it changes everything. It changes everything for me. This changes how I go to work on Tuesday. This changes how I, how I parent my kids. This changes how I treat my spouse. This changes how I serve my church. This changes everything. The gospel is true. None of us walk with puffed chest out with pride because we all know we're sinners saved by grace. If this is also true, none of us walk with a limp either because we know we're saved by grace and we're heirs with God. So look, in the kingdom of God, no one walks with swagger and no one walks with a limp. Right? This changes everything. This changes how we carry ourselves. This changes how we see each other. This changes everything, how we live. So as we take today, we're remembering the gospel. We're remembering that we have died to sin, that we're made alive in Christ, and that it changes everything right here, right now. Here's one quote by Tim Keller that I'll finish with before we take. He says this, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believed. And at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Christ Jesus than we ever dared hoped. And so today we're going to remember and reflect on that good news. If you got the elements in front of you, hopefully you have them at your table. If you don't, you can just wave your hand real quick and 
we'll make sure you get that. I, I believe everybody should have them at your table. If you do, would you go ahead and take the wafer from the top there? I want you to take the wafer in your hand and, and for just a moment, just 20, 30 seconds, just reflect on your own right now on the broken body of Jesus. If there's unconfessed sin in your life, go ahead and confess your sin to the Lord today. Go ahead and get right with God and reflect on his broken body on the cross. Do that for just a moment and then I'll lead us. Father, we thank you for your body that was broken. Lord, for your body that carried that cross up that hill and was nailed to that tree. Lord, we're grateful today for your life that was surrendered. Lord, we, we know today and we acknowledge that it wasn't taken, God. You surrendered it. You gave it up willingly for our redemption. And Lord, we remember and reflect today on your broken body. Lord, we just pause on this beautiful weekend to just thank you and worship you for your body that was broken for us. Can we take together, church? I want you to grab the juice there as well. I want you to do the same thing. Let's take a moment and reflect on the blood of Jesus and thank God right on your right there on your own for his blood shed for us. Lord, we know that without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness of sins and Lord, I'm reminded of in the Old Testament where your people would bring a lamb. They'd bring a sacrifice, Lord, consistently, time and time again for forgiveness for their sins. And Lord, I'm grateful today that you're the perfect lamb of God, slain once and for all for our sin. God, thank you for your blood that was shed. Thank you for forgiveness today. Lord, I pray for those in the room today that feel shame and condemnation that doesn't come from you, that comes from the enemy. Lord, today I pray they would get a fresh reminder of your blood that was shed for their salvation, for their forgiveness, for their freedom. We thank you today for your blood in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Hey, if this content was helpful and encouraging to you, you could help us out by leaving a review or sharing it with the people in your life. I know it would bless them. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.